Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Cara Vargas of the WISL. You are listening to Jonathan Ragus and Jim Williams on 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Raggis. Alongside me, as always, is the voice, Jim Williams. Jim, how you doing, man? Uh, doing okay, doing okay. Uh, today, of course, uh, well, 12, year, 12 years ago, um, I remember where I was, senior year in high school, um, seeing everything that unfolded on TV. If we were miss, we, we'd be... Uh, derelicts, for lack of better terms, to not mention, you know, this is the 12th, uh, I don't want to say anniversary, because that's not the proper term in my eyes, but it's been 12 years since 9-11, and of course our thoughts and prayers to the families and loved ones who uh, who are mourning today, again, um, as I said on my Facebook wall, uh, this is a, you know, bandages, uh, tell, let, me, let me try this again, time does not heal all wounds, it just bandages them, and for those families today, uh, the bandage is ripped wide open again, but yeah. in time, everything moves on. And um, one thing I want to mention, and, and since we're a sports-based show, uh, sports played a big role uh, 12 years ago big time. in in bringing us back. I mean, you go back, you you being in New York, that that big home run Mike Piazza hit on the first game back for the Mets. Yes. Uh, it gave everybody a sense that, you know what, we can persevere. And I know it sounds cheesy and it sounds like a Disney movie, but it gave a little bit of hope, some optimism to a much-needed city. And you were you were in Brooklyn at the time. I mean, just quickly, your thoughts on everything uh, about uh, today and well, what it means to you. You know, it, it was it was a very crazy day all around. There, yeah. There's no question about that. Uh, it, it was something almost out of a movie. Where, you know, it, it was early in the morning, I was just getting up to go to work, and, uh, you know, somebody said, you know, there's a fire, uh, you know, at, at the World Trade Center. So, I, of course, uh, what I do is I, I flipped over to Fox 5, and, uh, you know, Good Morning America, uh, Good Day New York was on, and Jim Ryan w- was was the host at the time. And, uh, yeah, you know, he, he started to say that there was a possibility that a plane might have, unfortunately, crashed into the World Trade Center, and as he said that, uh, a live shot of the World Trade Center, uh, you know, out of the corner left hand of the screen, we saw another airliner come into the uh, second uh, building of the World Trade Center. And, uh, you know, Jim Ryan automatically started screaming, we're under attack, we're under attack. And it just, it, it said in there that, you know, this wasn't going to be your everyday, you know, normal day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was, you know, basically five minutes uh, in Queens from the World Trade Center. The the smoke and the soot were just in our backyards, in the front of our house. It just coated bushes in our backyard. Uh, you know, going into Long Island City that day to pick up a family member and watching everybody walk over the bridge and just, the, you know, the, the smoke just filled the air and the, and the smell in the air. It's just, it's something you never can get over. It's just, it's it's one of those things in life that are just etched into your mind. And no matter how many years will pass, you can recall that day like it was yesterday. For for our generation, yeah. it is the it's been said enough times. It is our Pearl Harbor, uh, the generation uh, that, that dealt with Pearl Harbor in 1941. They remember that day well. Uh, same sort of thing with us. Um, but uh, you know, you want to look at a positive if if in, in a cloud of negatives. Yeah. 
look where we are here 12 years later. Um, this country, the, the freedoms, the liberties are still in place. We can still go to, uh, you know, freely assembled uh, sporting events and concerts and what have you. Yeah, the security's amped up, but maybe it should have been in the first place. Let's not kid ourselves. Uh, but, uh, you know, there are a lot of faults with this country. It's still the greatest country in the world. I would uh, trade it for no other. No, and, absolutely uh, not. you know, our thoughts and prayers, again, to, to those who were immediately impacted by the tragedies, uh, the doings of some radical terrorists. And, and I, I don't want to go on a diatribe about that. There's a political podcast I do for that. So Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and you know, like you said, though, too, you know, sports played a huge role after 9-11 and bringing us back to being a city in New York. And, uh, of course, we all know of Mike Piazza's home run against the Atlanta Braves. That was a very special moment for New Yorkers, for fans, and even for some of the family members. Um, you, you know, not to give them closure, but to give them some uh, a little bit of happiness, uh, you, know, uh, you know, during the days when there was just none. And, uh, unfortunately, because hockey never gets any coverage, uh, you know, one of those big moments for New York sports was uh, when the New York Rangers took the ice a few weeks later and uh, Mark Messier came out, and uh, he had a fireman's helmet on, and that was the oh, yeah. uh, the helmet of FDNY's uh, chief of special operations, Ray Downey, who at that time they didn't think perished yet in, in the thing. They were still looking, of course, and hoping, and, and all that other stuff. And uh, y- you know, it, it, you know, it, it, you know, that's another image, though, too. Besides Mike Piazza's homer, is, is our captain, and at that time the city's captain, Mark Messier, standing there. Uh, with Ray, uh, Ray Ray Downey's fireman helmet on, and, and it's still an image that's uh, etched into our minds this day. So, like you said, Jim, uh, our, our thoughts, our condolences go out to all of the families affected by 9/11, and of course, the people of the city of New York because they were just affected by it as much too. Because that's something that you don't want to be a part of, and unfortunately, <laughs> as New Yorkers, we're going to be a part of it for the rest of our lives. It could have happened in any city in the country, conceivably. I mean, it could have happened in Philly. It could have happened in Los Angeles. It could have happened in Chicago. Uh, but, Absolutely. of course, you know, it's it's the mecca of all that is America. And they, you know, the Islam, the, the radical Islamists or Muslims or whatever, and, and I have to preface saying the word radical because most people of that faith, very peace-loving. There are radicals in every religion. Enough said. Uh, you know, those terrorists tried to take away our freedoms and liberties. Guess what, guys? You didn't do it. And uh, we're still here today, and we're able to do this show uh, because of, uh, you know, such things. And uh, uh, But but we have to segue to, you know, 9-11 is not meant to be a holiday. It's not meant to be a it's, – it's meant to be a day of remembrance, not a day of celebration, not a day of promotion. But apparently there is one – well – this is sports tangent here. One businessman who believes September 11th is a great way to get people to their business. There is a golf course in uh, just outside of Madison, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Let me read the ad. It's for Tumble Down Trails. I shouldn't even give them the time of day, but I'm going to just. Shouldn't, so you but they're a dumbass of the day. You know what? You know what? I'll even give their number out so you can give them hell, folks. How about that? There fair, you go. Fair trade. It's a golf course, it's a practice facility, it's a bar and grill. I'm going to read the ad verbatim. To commemorate uh, the 12th anniversary of 9-11, that's what it says on the bottom. To commemorate this, we are offering nine holes with cart. How generous. For only $9.11 per person, or 18 holes with cart for only $19.11 Nine eleven thirteen only, and a uh, couple of exclamation points there. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if you want to write and give these people hell, uh, it's tumbledowntrails.com. And if you really want to give them hell and tell them you heard about it on 24-7 Sports Hub Radio and are sickened by it, it's 608-833-2301. I'm serious. Call these people and tell them how dare you. It's you know you know once again this is people that just don't think before they do something. Uh, it's It's disgusting and... You know, we've seen this before, uh, you, you know, and not just with 9-11, with other uh, terrible things that have happened in the country in years past. And it's always – it always comes out of a state, unfortunately, that's far removed from where something happened. Yeah. You know, and that's the sad part of it, and that's what I said uh, earlier today. You know, it's – 9-11 was something that's going to be etched in everybody's mind in the country, and it's something that they'll never forget. But for the people that lived around it, 
it, it was a different breed. You know what I mean? For the state that it was involved in, it's 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 a different thing. Same thing with the Flight 93 going down in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. That you know that whole town will forever be a part of a different breed of people, unfortunately. So, you know, this coming out of Wisconsin, it's it's a shame that this company would do this. I think it's uh, quite disgusting, and uh, it'd be nice. You know, even our apology didn't oh, sound... Oh, oh, you want an apology? I got one. Here it is off of their Twitter account. We would first like to apologize to everyone that we have upset or feels we have disrespected in any way. By no means did we mean to do this. Here's what we will do this Wednesday, 9-11. We will still let all the Have Tea Times book play for the previous rates we posted. Then for all other golf that day, we would like to donate the money difference between our normal rate and the previous price for the day to the 9-11 memorial. We hope that everyone will now see this as a positive as a positive as we really meant it to be. Again, we do sincerely apologize for offending anyone and hope that you do accept our sincere apology. They go on to say we are a family-owned business and proudly support all local charities and have always given uh, always gave 20% off every day to all police, fire, emergency, military, etc. Please accept our apology. Yeah, but then they go on to say, uh, you know, later on in one of their apologies, they're saying, uh, please tune, uh, please stay tuned to see if we will be open on Wednesday, 9-11. We are not worried about what people will do. We are now, excuse me, we are now worried about what people will do or say to our staff and do not want anything to happen or to get out of control. Sorry for the inconvenience this may have caused anyone. And Andrew Ryan, a guy on Twitter, uh, unfortunately, I think they took his, I think he actually deactivated his Twitter account because, uh, too much of a wuss. He said, don't close. A lot of these idiots are out-of-state, angry East Coast liberals. Stupid people piss me off. Can I just say that? Um, I agree. Yeah, that's that's what it comes down to. One other thought I have, because a lot of people are obviously and rightfully so going after this company for what they did. This was posted in a newspaper. Yeah. You mean to tell me, in the day and age we live in, there's not a copy editor or an ad designer who took who didn't take a look at this and say, hmm, something doesn't seem right about this. They didn't, like, you know, hmm, I don't think this is a good idea that we print this. Maybe we should talk to the company and see about what they're really, you know, they still printed it. So the paper is as culpable as anybody, too. Oh, yeah, there's no question about it. There is absolutely no question about it. The paper is just as much credible for what this uh for, for, for what happened because they agree to it yeah i mean i i understand hey the newspaper business there are fewer and fewer people working in newspapers and most people have to do multiple jobs i get that but come on you can't let this slip through the cracks no. you know there's a saying that any publicity is good publicity <clears throat> wrong and eh, wrong agree so uh all right, Joe, but let's... Down, uh, trails ought to just tumble out of here. That's what I exactly, but enough uh, giving them uh, the publicity. They probably knew they were going to get by doing this. So let's uh, get into what we love best here in America, and that is sports. And let's go with the two Monday night football games. Your Philadelphia Eagles, Jim, defeating the Washington Redskins 33-27. to Going to the Super Bowl, baby! No, we're not. I watched the first half of this game. Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch the second half. Redskins were getting pretty much killed, and they came back to uh, get the score uh, within, you know, a touchdown of tying it. Uh, the one thing next to that to me was Sean McCoy, 31 carries, 184 yards. Is it about beautiful. time that they're going to lean on McCoy? What do you think? They have to. If they if they have any chance to surprise people in this division, they have to go with their best player, and their best player is LaShawn McCoy. I don't know how many years Andy Reid has avoided, oh, all of them, avoided running the football when he's had a credible running back in Shady McCoy. You give him the ball, and he got, like you said, 30-plus carries. This guy, if he's, I mean, he's on pace to break 2,000 yards easily. Uh, he is He's the secret weapon for this team because outside of Deshaun Jackson, maybe occasionally Brent Selleck. Yeah. You know, you can't trust your receiving core uh, with with no Jeremy Macklin in the fold because he's out for the season. You know, you've got to rely on Shady. But let me just say something here. I, I said facetiously a moment ago, we're going to the Super Bowl. No, we're not. Here, Here's the deal. They ran 30 plays in the first quarter, 53 total in the first half, mm -hmm. offensive plays. Mm -hmm. And you've noticed in the second half, 
everything, the, the wheels almost fell off. It was almost another opening game collapse. Unlike, not unlike uh, about a decade ago when the Cardinals came here and Jake Plummer, after we led by three touchdowns, brought the Cardinals back to win the football game. Yep. I had I had vibes like that in the second half. The defense is suspect. It's still sh- shoddy, to say the least, and maybe I'm being polite in saying shoddy. There could be a different vowel change there. I'm not sure. We can't defend against the run. The Eagles can't. And uh, the ultimate question, people are like, oh, this is a revolutionary offense. Oh, it's so great. Oh, it's so wonderful. Talk to me week five, week six, week seven, week eight. Because not only are the Eagles going to be blitzkrieging the defenses that they face and wearing them out, they're going to be wearing their own guys out too. Oh, no doubt about it. These first three weeks, the Eagles play three games in 11 days. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to play 80 90 offensive plays from scrimmage. And Chip Kelly in the postgame press conference yesterday said he was disappointed. He was expecting more offense from the Eagles. I got to be worried. I, you know, Michael Vick, again, is still a major problem because he is going to be injured by week four. I maintain that because every And he had a fumble again? That well, was not, well, yeah, but, but not just that. You see him diving. Yeah. And you see him going to the ground. He leads with his shoulder. He leads with his head. He's begging to be concussed. He's begging to get seriously hurt. He does not know how to slide. He does not know how to get to the ground. So, yes, the win was wonderful. I enjoyed the first half immensely, but come on, seven points in the second half. They they completely gassed themselves yeah. in the first 30 minutes. Well, and that's why the Redskins looked a lot better as well in the second half. But not only that... I blame the first half of this game on Mike Shanahan Okay. for the Redskins. Robert Griffin looked beyond rusty. This was a guy that needed some kind of reps in preseason, got basically none, threw him out there for the first game, and you saw what a Robert Griffin could do in the second half. Right. That first half, he looked awful. That was his preseason that first half. There was no question about it. You know, no question. You're absolutely spot on, and I have to wonder – you know, how is this going to, you know, all work out for Washington? Because we can't – this team will live and breathe and die on, on Robert Griffin the third shoulders. I mean, no disrespect to Kirk Cousins, certifiable backup, and, and did the job last season. Yeah. But it's RG3's team to run, and he can't afford to have a first half like that again. He no. can't if his team is supposed to be taken seriously – as a uh, as a team that can win the division. Yeah, I mean, just you know what? Just look at RG 3s first half numbers compared to his second half numbers. Look at the exactly. receiving core. I mean, he's he he spread the ball out to everybody. He targeted Hankerson seven times, Pierre Garcon eleven times, Santana Moss, who I thought was retired nine times, Brooks <laughs> five, Reed six, Fred Davis four, Helu two, Alfred Morris one, Robinson two, a young one, forty eight targets. 38 completions. I mean, he was spreading the ball around, man, which is really good because, you know what, he's making everybody a target. Yeah, absolutely. He's got to. You don't see that for many teams. I mean, look, you look right away at the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, Deshaun Jackson targeted nine times, Riley Cooper targeted six, Brett Selleck only targeted three times in the whole game. but But they compensated by running the ball like crazy. And when you have... A weapon like McCoy, you have to use him and, dare I say, almost abuse him. Because he is arguably, he's a top three running back in this league. There is no question about it, and I said it uh, last year. I think LaShawn McCoy could be one of the, probably the best backup, uh, excuse me, uh, running back in the league if if it came down to it. If If you give the offensive line and you give this guy the ball, this guy is a beast, man. He could play over. You know, so. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. And, and again, he's it's all on him. It, we'll see where things go. Uh, Sunday should be a cakewalk in, in theory, or or will it, considering uh, the team we're facing, the other one well, of the teams who was in the other Monday night football game, the Texans and the San Diego Super, not so super Chargers. Texans winning 31 to 28. That's something we did not expect. Jeff. We expected blowout city. We did. Because I mean, this is this is a Texans team that a lot of people think AFC South is theirs to lose. 
They can contend maybe for uh, a berth, at least in the AFC Championship game. The defense is stacked. Brian Cushing gets signed. Da, 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 da. But Matt Schaub didn't look great early on. He, he threw a tipped interception from the from Jump Street, yet he came back. He threw for 346 and three touchdowns and uh, set up the game-winning drive, uh, setting up a field goal. Uh, yeah, but you know what? you got to give it to Brian Cushing's 18-yard interception return for the touchdown. That's what gave it to Houston this win. Absolutely. Absolutely. Arian Foster and Ben Tate, about as many yards. you got to give a little props to the San Diego defense for shutting down Foster and Tate. They combined for 100 when Arian Foster himself usually gets 80, 90, 100 yards easily. Absolutely. Um, Phillip Rivers, his line is interesting. He was 14 of 29. 195 yards, four touchdowns, one pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really can't tell if he's past his prime or not yet. I really can't. I, I, I don't think it is, man. I think he's just past his damn time with the San Diego Chargers. Okay. I mean, it, it was one of those weird games. It just went back and forth. You know, San Diego, they led for much of the, the – a good chunk of the middle of the game, and Houston had to play catch-up with 17 points in the fourth quarter – um, both teams were looked like they were still in preseason to a certain extent because they couldn't. Neither team could really effectively run the football, and uh, especially on the San Diego side, the passing game was not there really uh, no. in terms of uh, long gainers and what have you. Uh, I don't know. It's just one of those weird AFC games. That's the best way I can describe it. Yeah. Sorry. So. And then, plus, Chris Berman was announcing it, so I really didn't want to listen anyway. <laughs> he could go all the good shit. You love Chris Berman, man. And then Trent right. Dolfer, man, are like the announced team of the decade, man. Yeah, I, I love them just about as much as I love Novocaine after – well, I do like Novocaine after a dentist. Well, let's try that again. i got to give Trent Dolfer uh, credit, though. I mean, he's a better uh, broadcaster than he is a uh, quarterback. That doesn't say much, though. Um, no, but, but, yeah, but Dilfer's, <laughs> Dilfer's capable – uh, oh, yes. Yes. Uh, shout out to Sal Palantonio. God bless you for having to deal on the sidelines with him. That's all I'm saying. Oh, man. Sal, Sal Palantonio. Sal Pal's the man. Sal yeah. Pal the wig man. Oh, that's not nice. All right. Let's uh, let's bring in a caller. We got a caller uh, on the air with us right now. You're on the air. How you doing? Hey, how's it going tonight, guys? Uh, this is John calling in from Manhattan. How are you guys doing today? Doing good, John. Doing well. Uh, so uh, I, I just caught you guys on the show. You know, I'm driving to work right now. Uh, what, what, are you, what are we talking about today? We're just recapping the Monday night football games right now, and uh, we were talking about the Eagles and their explosive offense. Rolls eyes and back of head uh, a little bit. I'm oh, an wow. Eagles fan, so I'm yeah. saying that. But uh, uh, did you watch either of the Monday night football games? Well, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, you said explosive. You, you know that that reminds me of the last time I sat on the toilet. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, you know, I, I want to talk about the New York Giants, the New York Football Giants. We uh, sure go for it. We 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 need. I don't know if Brandon Jacobs is the answer to that. How do you guys feel about that? Good question. I'll, I'll defer to my friend here from New York. Go ahead, Mister Agus. You know, they tried out Willis McGahee. They also tried out Brandon Jacobs. Michael Turner is still sitting there as a free agent. I don't know if they would have had money to bring in a Michael Turner, but it doesn't look like a lot of people are beating on his door. But you get a guy who was with the Giants before. You get somewhat of a veteran leader in Brandon Jacobs. I still think you guys are going to have a big hole within your running back. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be something that makes this roster better. That, that's honestly, you know, my opinion on, on the whole Brandon Jacobs. I agree. Thing. The thing that drives me crazy about Brandon Jacobs, though, is that he tries sometimes to be sort of that quick back will try to beat you to the corner flag, and I don't really like that about him. I like his ground-and-pound style, but him trying to run around like he's some sort of a mod brat or something, something like that really drives me crazy. And he's also not the most, you know, frugal with the football, if you know what I mean. he has He's had his fumble issues as well. Yeah. Sure. And listen, when, you know, when, when Brandon Jacobs is on, when he runs straight up the middle, we've seen him have big games. I remember back in December of uh, 2011, he had two touchdowns and over 100 yards. I mean, he's proven that he could be a good running back. But like you said, John, he runs. He likes to run to the outside of the line, and he thinks he's a finesse back, and he's not. He's you know, it's funny, that you mentioned, it's funny that you mentioned those statistics because I was actually talking to one of my friends who works at Synergy Sports. She's actually a statistical analyst for them for the NFL. Okay. And, uh, we, we actually, we actually um, went, went, 
went out to dinner and I was talking to her about Brandon Jacobs, how she feels about it. Then uh, she took me to MetLife Stadium, and in the middle of the field, I took a shit on her face. I just took a shit all over her face. It was just oh, wonderful. Geez, and then we <laughs> awful, man. Awful. I have a feeling uh, we just got a little, uh, I guess, sports catfish there. What do you think, man? <laughs> yes, I believe we have a baba booey for you. A baba booey. See, now, if you would have came out with some baba booey stuff, that would have been great. I, I, exactly. I would have enjoyed that. I actually, a friend of mine, uh, God rest his soul, I actually got prank called once before as well. Uh, and actually owned by WISP, uh, Kid Chris, and what I, have you. I actually remember you telling me about that. Yeah, and he, he, he actually didn't take it personally. He thought it was the greatest thing ever. Because, mm. you know, he's going into the store. He's uh, he's in Kmart or whatever. I don't know why I'm telling this story, but I think it's funny. I'm going to go with it. And somebody's, uh, one of his colleagues there is like, oh, wait, I just heard you on WYSP, John. What's that about? He's like, ah, oh, get out of here. And it was the guy who crying called him earlier in the day on the country store. So oh, so they thought it was you. No, it wasn't me. <laughs> I, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'm going to spite my own self. There you go. That's, that's right. <laughs> All right, well, let's keep it with the uh, football here. Uh, Nadamik- no pooping on people's faces. That's a new rule. No, no poopy. No, no. We can't do that. But let's no talk poop. a little bit about uh, somewhat of a, a of a poop head, and that's Nadamik and Sue from Detroit Lions. Oh, my Lord. Being fined $100,000 by the NFL for his low tackle on um, Minnesota Vikings center John Sullivan uh, this past weekend. But he is appealing it. On behalf of all of those people who have sane brains, why... This is a drop in the bucket for Indomitian Sue. Uh. And, and this is, I believe, the, great, the the largest fine he's ever received. In fact, I believe it's more than his previous three or four combined. He, he will not learn. Yeah. The, the premise is you give him the big fine, he'll learn. You know what? If you give him a million-dollar fine, he might take a little notice, just maybe. But, you know, this $100,000 stuff is just a drop in the bucket. It will mean absolutely nothing in the no. end. So it's why why even just pay the fine and there you go. And I love listening to the so-called analysts on TV, and they talk about how well you know it doesn't make sense that he would act this way. He was an engineering major and uh, so on and so forth. And when you talk to the man, he's uh, you know calm and he knows everything. Yeah, but when you're on the gridiron, you know you see red. Okay, you 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 act a different way. You behave a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, you know, because it's a shame because he's a damn good player. He's one of the best in his position, yeah. but he just has that that hey, take no prisoner mentality on the you field. You know, his team voted him a captain. Supposedly, he apologized to his team, oh. and uh, running back Joyce Bell said, "You know, we we accepted it as a team. We're all a family. That's our brother." But you can easily see when Nanamigan Sue does something stupid. It's not just an instant thing. You could see him. I mean, when he was running to the side of John Sullivan, you saw him look down at his legs and die for his legs. It's not like, you know, he was trying to go for his, his uh, you know, upper torso and his hip area, and the guy just ran too far away. And he hit. No, he went down into his legs. So, you know, to me, the Dominican Sioux is nothing but a dirty player. Simply put. And I'm not trying to say this to be a smart ass. I swear to you I'm not. I'd like to see a brain scan of Indomitian Sue's head. I'm being serious. I want to know if there's something wrong upstairs because people who have that kind of mentality, something is wrong with their medulla oblongata. I, I'm being I'm being straight serious. Something you know? wrong with yours, Colonel Sanders. Well, no, I'm being serious. I mean, you know, maybe he took a few too many hits to the head I, for say in college or, or high school, and he has that fight or flight mentality to the nth degree. I don't know. I mean, you know, look back at 2011. It's not even just hits when he stomped on uh, Evan Dietrich Smith from Green Bay. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that was insane. That anger was management. He needs. He just needs anger management. New Orleans mm-hmm. Saints tight end Benjamin Watson came out and saying, and I quote, "I hesitate to call a player dirty simply because I don't know their intent, but I do know what he did was illegal, and I do know he has done it multiple times. So it comes a time when enough is enough." We need to get what he is doing rectified, and we need to sit down as players and talk to him. We are talking about player safety, and obviously this is a play that lies outside of that. As players, we need to hold ourselves accountable, end quote. I I, I 100% agree with Benjamin Watson. Absolutely, absolutely. But the question is, how do you get through to him? 
what will it take to get through to him? Right now, I love the belief you can't get through to him. No. You can have you can have your head coach talk to him, nothing. You can have the rest of the team talk to him, nothing. Mm-hmm. You can have Commissioner Johnny Goodtimes himself, Roger Goodell, talk to him, and probably nothing will happen. No, no. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna have the Dominican Sue's mama talk to him? I mean, that's somebody call the mama. That's not gonna do anything either. I don't think. I, you know, I, I honestly think there's something wrong in this guy's head. Yeah, you know? I, he I know right away when I saw him stop on Evan Dietrich Smith uh, of, of Green Bay. That was that. that on was Thanksgiving. The... <sighs> oh, nothing says let's let's break bread together and have turkey. Like I'm gonna stomp on you. I guess Evan Smith ate all the corn. I don't know. Uh, too many mashed potatoes, man. Too many mashed potatoes. Well, we'll see what happens with the appeal. If 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 they drop is fine, it goes to show you what a joke the NFL is. That's well, twelve. Um... But they're the 800-pound gorilla. They can get away with murder, sad to say. Yeah. yeah. But enough about Ray Lewis, allegedly, but um, bump. Like like John Leary's in the chat room saying, Mama said the foosball is for the devil. Mama Mouche. Oh, all right, man. Uh, Jim, I'm going to let you uh, have this one because you brought this up to me. Oklahoma State. Let's get into a little NCAA football here. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what's going on in Oklahoma State? Well, you know, it just is mind-numbing to me. There is some misconduct, and then there's some misconduct going on at Oklahoma State. First and foremost, let's take a look at this from an academic standpoint. There are allegations that 13 players from 2000 to 2011 on the Oklahoma State team committed some sort of academic misconduct at the school. 16 other players were named uh, as ha- by players as having schoolwork done for them. Yeah. Well, come on, let's not kid ourselves. This is college football. The pet peeve of mine, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back for a sec before I continue with, uh, on with this uh, diatribe. <laughs> At the community college I work for, we pride ourselves, quote-unquote, on referring to the people who play sports as student-athletes. We use that hyphenated term, student-athletes. At the NCAA level, it's athletes, okay? They're not student-athletes. They're freaking athletes. This bit of business, this whole mis, uh, misconduct academically, comes on the heels of SI reporting that it's, uh, in the days of Les Miles, there were certain players who took cash payouts from people associated with the program. Uh, some upwards of $25,000. So, right now, we're seeing another watershed moment for an NCAA, a major NCAA institution in football, and what's going to become of this? What should become of this is the question I have. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. You know, this, this this goes back to everything we've talked about with the whole money situation with these players. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I honestly, I, I don't have an opinion on it because I, I kind of flabbergasted about the whole thing, to be honest. Les Miles uh, uh, saying about uh, the matter... Quote, I revered my time in Stillwater. The idea that someone would characterize the program that was run there as anything but right and correct. Did we work hard? You betcha. Did we make tough decisions about starting lineups? You betcha. But every guy was encouraged to get his degree, stay the course, and fight. Uh, okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> you, betcha. Her, you, you, you betcha. You know, I could see Russia from my home, you know. <laughs> but, but seriously, I mean, uh, players told SI that... Uh, Coursework was completed by actual tutors or staff members at the university. They received answers to exams before taking them and received passing grades despite not completing coursework. Mm -hmm. Very incriminating stuff. Very incriminating stuff. But this sort of thing, I would be shocked if it doesn't happen elsewhere. I would be shocked if it doesn't happen elsewhere. I'm sure it's happening right now. Oh, of course. Of course. There's no question about it. I don't know, man. To me, they need to get together and just come up with a whole new set of rules for NCAA sports. Uh, it's, it, you know, <laughs> otherwise we're going to keep having this stuff. I mean, what the hell, you know? Uh, this, this is uh, kind of interesting. Uh, Miles, reading on in the report a little bit, Les Miles was said to have a routine in which he would say academics first and hold up two fingers and say football second and then hold up one finger. I wonder which finger that was. Uh, come on, academics first, football second. Anybody who's anybody knows that the NCAA is big business, and it's but, it's football first. But then you know what you, you know what Les Miles says that. But then we had another report earlier this morning saying that 13 players on the Oklahoma State football team from 2000 to 2011 
they said that they committed some kind of academic misconduct with 16 other players who were named by players as having schoolwork. No, I just said that, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's... When, when it, we, we talked about this with, with Johnny Manziel, with the whole situation when it comes to college players being able to make money. I have no problem with it. I really don't, because they should be able to make a few bucks for their skill set. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's this is their job, for lack of better terms. This is the equivalent for them of working in the workforce, because they, they live, breathe, and sweat, you know, the game of football while still being in college. And I'm sure some people are going to say, oh, well, they get a free ride, they get free tuition. Yeah, like they actually freaking use it. Yeah. Uh, they're there to play college. If they were uh, play college football, if they were there to be an anthropologist, they would be hitting the books in an anthropology class. They're they're not. Um, as for the academic violations, doesn't surprise me. Does not surprise me one bit. There's got to be some sort of. I say this in a in a rose colored glass lens, if you will. There's got to be some sort of way to to hold universities accountable for such things, but there isn't. There's no there's no safe measures in place. Uh, unless you have an outside faction that are going to sit somebody in every classroom to watch over these players and make sure that they do their work, it's 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 impossible. You're asking for Big Brother treatment, and that's never going to fly with a university. <laughs> you know, Victor Johnson. You know, I'm reading a little bit of this article uh, more thorough, and he said that um, you know former Cowboy safety from 2008 2010, him and another uh, unnamed former assistant coach told Sports Illustrated that Des Bryant would not go to class unless taken to class by a staff member and routinely had his coursework completed for him. Wow, Des Bryant just not doing anything and doing the least he can to succeed. Why does that not surprise me? Sounds like a Dallas Cowboy. Sounds like <laughs> Jerry Jones heard about that and said, that's my guy. <laughs> we got to take him. He's going to be Michael Irvin. He's a man after my own heart and he's my Botox. He's the next Michael Irvin. Uh, with or without the eight ball, let's, that's the question. Let's stay with the NCAA here, and this is a story that we wanted to get to on Monday, but unfortunately we didn't. And that's the Johnny Cam. That's right. CBS will have one camera devoted to Texas A&M quarterback Johnny Manziel this Sunday. Uh, oh, this Saturday. Oh God. Um. Why? Because people love a train wreck. That's why. This isn't the first time this has happened. There was a Tebow cam a couple of years ago, as I recall. Uh, yeah, but Tim Tebow wasn't a train wreck. No, he is a train wreck. Are no, you kidding not. me? Now he is. Now he is. And no, I, can, even, you know, I don't know if it was a pro game. I don't think coming out of college. I take that back. It wasn't Tebow. I take uh, that back. It was an NFL game. It was a Brett Favre cam. Well, Brett Favre's a train wreck. <laughs> Brett Favre. Oh, boom. Was he but, was he shown his slong to the camera? No, I, I, I don't need that image at this point in the day or any point in the day. <laughs> but, yeah, okay, I'm assuming this will be available online. So you can go ahead and take a look at him uh, checking out play sheets, uh, talking to people on the phone, up in the booth, uh, so on and so forth. I mean, and for, for Vern Lundquist and Gary Danielson, they'll have something to fawn over. Won't that be adorable? Yes. Uh, it's so. I, I mean, it gets publicity. Now, let me tell you this: NCAA, going back to the whole money thing with the student athletes and whatnot. Sure. NCAA and CBS are going to make money off of this Johnny Cam on Saturday. Yes or no? Uh, buku buckos. Yeah, they're probably going to have a. Maybe it'll be sponsored by somebody. Maybe now, be- why can't Johnny Manziel make a few hundred dollars for selling his autograph? Maybe it could be sponsored by Steiner Collectibles. Wouldn't that be cute? I wouldn't doubt it. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you but see, but I, listen, if they're, you know, they're going to make a ridiculous amount of money with this Johnny Cam crap on Saturday. People power. Oh, wait, wrong Johnny. This is, here we go. Another reason why I can't watch college football. I mean, well, exactly. I mean, it's, it's college football, college sports in general are a freaking circus. They are a sideshow anymore. A, a spectacle, some will say. I will say a circus because it's you know on in this ring you have the game and that ring is very very small. In this ring we have Johnny Manziel and that is freaking as big as his head or as big as the state of Texas. I'm not sure which is bigger, quite frankly. You know, it's just give me the game. I'm sorry, just give me the game. And I don't want. 
I don't want to be a stalker, okay? Well, it comes off like, it's like stalker mentality. Let's see if he picks his nose. Let's see if he goes to the bathroom. Who cares? Here's here's what we got to say now with the Johnny Cam. Yes. Does Johnny Manziel do something stupid that is caught on Johnny Cam that we're going to hear about for the next couple of weeks? Well, you know TMZ will be on that. You know Jay Dexter will be on it. Well, maybe he'll do some. Maybe he'll sign a few autographs at halftime. You never know. You never know. Oh, but you did those for free. Hoo hoo. All right, Jim. Sticking with football, we shouldn't have this before. But tomorrow night, the Thursday primetime game, the New York Jets take on the New England Patriots at Foxborough. Jim, who do you have? Now, in pre-show, you asked me for a pick. I waffled. Like insert something that waffles. waffles. Yeah, oh, thank you. That's real freaking original. Waffles? Waffles? I waffled like a Belgian. How about that? Belgian waffles. That, that, that. And well, we lost Belgium in our game. <laughs> That's wonderful. We have to keep in mind, first of all, before I even give a pick, let's discuss this a little bit because New England is hurt and hurt badly. Uh, Shane Vereen on IR. Danny Amendola out. Gronkowski out. And who did they pick up to fill in at tight end? Matthew Mulligan. Now, you may be saying to yourself, who? And if you aren't saying to yourself, who, you must be Matthew Mulligan's parents. <laughs> or a Jets fan that suffered watching him. Again, Matthew Mulligan's parents. But yet, of course, this game is in Foxborough, and it's very tough to pick against New England at home. Do I have to make a pick? Yeah, I do. I know. You have to, man. I know. You just um, you have no choice. I have no choice in the matter. I'm going to pick the Jets reluctantly. It's going to be an ugly game. I don't see how Tom Brady, I mean, you know, can can throw for two or three touchdowns in this game. It's going to be an ugly game. I give the Jets a squeaker win. It'll be like one of those 17-14 or or even a 13-10 kind of game. It's going to be ugly. We're talking like redheaded stepchild ugly. <laughs> oh, man. And I've seen redheaded stepchildren. I don't have red hair, but so, I'm, I'm is, ugly. Is it going to be an Andy Dalton win? <laughs> oh, why we got to go ginger here? Why we got to go ginger, fella? No, it's, it's going to be... Uh, going to be a war of attrition, as they say. Yeah. Whoever I mean, they are. You know, I I got to go with the Jets only because I'm a Jets fan, number one. And this is an opportunity that you just can't pass up. Right. You, you know, with these names out, you know, you really only got very few guys to cover. And I think the Jets' defense this year is going to be a lot better than it was last year. Um, yes, we only played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but we got the players finally on the front line that we haven't had over the last bunch of seasons. I'm going to give it to the Jets. I wouldn't be shocked if New England wins, but I'm going to go with the Jets. I'm going to give it to them. And like you said, if they do pull out a win, it's going to be probably one of those lucky Nick Folk 30-yard field goal type wins again if it happens, which, you know what, in the NFL you take. Yeah. A win is a win is a win. Amen. And who would have thought the Jets could be 2-0? Hey, listen. Matthew Heinegger from New York's Sports247.com said, don't be shocked if the Jets started out the season 3-1. and one. So far, he's on a good track. Yes, after one game, he is on pace. Congratulations. <laughs> well, see. even if they're rowing one, he could still be on pace. But <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. So everything is relative, you yeah. see, but if you will. we got to do those cheap, shameless plugs for the website, though. So. I understand. Oh, just like I have to cheap and shamelessly plug CLW83.com. I know what you're talking about. Yes. We know. We got to tell our listeners, though, Jim, you're trying out for a game show tonight. Oh, really? Well, thank you for mentioning this. Yes. Uh, there's a game show, a syndicated game show, called Let's Ask America. And I was supposed to be on the show last year. Went through the audition process, the casting thing, and they said, well, you're not that ugly. I guess we'll put you on. Uh, the show. And they realized you were. <laughs> yeah, and then they said, "Wow, he is an ugly son of a bee." So, but but seriously, uh, the show involves people skyping in from home, and they answer poll questions based on what uh, Americans think about various things. Uh, I'm auditioning for that again for season two of the show tonight, uh, and uh, if everything pans out in a couple of months, I could be on uh, in your market, if you have a scripts-owned uh, television station. So Very we'll, nice. 
you got to keep our listeners up to date with that, man. I will. I'll give you a little update uh, on our Friday show about how the audition went, and uh, we'll go from there. So we'll uh, very. I could win fifty thousand bucks if I do really really. And when he does, that means Jim Williams will no longer be the co-host of this program. Uh, that's debatable. We'll see about that. That's very uh, very debatable. Um, something that's not debatable. If you want me to segue here, uh, the fact that. A lot of things are already decided in Major League Baseball. Yeah. A uh, quick update of the standings. The Red Sox have been playing out of their gourd. In fact, if uh, I'm not mistaken, they have been playing the best baseball of anybody right now, 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. They're 8.5 uh, clear with a magic number of 10 to win the division uh, in the American League East. Tampa Bay is uh, second, 8.5 back. Baltimore, 10 back. Yanks, 10.5 back. We'll talk about those three teams in just a moment. Detroit with a five and a half game lead entering play today over Cleveland, seven games over Kansas City. Cleveland and Kansas City, as we talk, are duking it out. I believe Kansas City has a three two lead early on in that game at uh, what used to be Jacobs Field. Sorry, I missed that name. Oakland has widened their lead a little bit to two games over Texas, but of course they have a big weekend series this weekend. That'll be worth watching. Keep your eye on that. And uh going back to the central, the uh uh Wild, uh, rather, magic number for Detroit is 13 at this point. Uh, oh. In the National League, it's over, like I mentioned. Uh, magic number for the division for Atlanta is 7. Uh, they lead by 12 games over Washington. Uh, St. Louis still leads by a game over Pittsburgh and by three games over Cincinnati in the National League Central. And let's hear it for the Pittsburgh Pirates, ladies and gentlemen. Their first winning season in 21 years. They clinched it. They cinched it. They did it. And uh, now it comes down to this, uh, the final two and a half weeks of the season, John, Pittsburgh has to play Cincinnati six times. So in theory, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati will beat each other up and St. Louis can just cakewalk to the division because they do not play Pittsburgh or Cincinnati again this season. No, no. It's gonna, it's, congratulations to Pittsburgh. I mean, wow. I, I, I love seeing the teams that you haven't seen do anything good for so many years finally start to do good. And you know what? We get the little... We get a little hint and a little glimmer of it with Kansas City. You know, it looks like they may be on the verge of what the Pirates are doing now. So, and when was the last time Kansas City was relevant? You got to go back at least twenty years, maybe longer, maybe closer to thirty. You know, the '85 team. Oh yeah. Uh, in the uh, in the World Series that arguably should have won that World Series, if not for Don Deckinger's call at first base. Enough said. Uh, Let's uh, check quickly the National League West. It's the Dodgers with a magic number of six, leading by 13 games over Arizona. And the Dodgers do it again last night, walk-off variety win. Uh, garden variety thing for the Dodgers anymore. In the wild card race, uh, once again, things are kind of bunched up. Uh, Kansas City, you mentioned them. They're just three games back of the wild card. They have three teams to overtake, but they've been playing some lights-out baseball. Oh, yeah. Uh, Baltimore is uh, one and a half back of Tampa Bay for the final wild card spot, as is Cleveland. The Yanks two back, Kansas City three back. It's going to be a fun race the final couple of weeks there. If you want to be a uh, a cynic, maybe, or if you want to be a a doubting Thomas of sorts, Washington is now just six games back in the wild card. They made a run here, seven and three in their last ten, a four game winning streak. Is it too late for them to make the run? You know what? you got to ask that, too. If they do, does Davey Johnson come back for another season? Honest to goodness, I don't think he comes back either way. Uh-huh. I really don't. I think they have their mindset that they're going a different route in Washington. With Ryan Sandberg? Uh, oh, why you got to do that to me, man? <laughs> why you got to? Th- no, no. Do not bring the rhino into this. Oh, man. Don't make me get all Harry Carey on this. You uh, don't want that. For your sake, I hope they don't screw him over, but it's Ryan Sandberg, and happens to get screwed over a lot. So, Well, he, the Phillies screwed him over 25, 30 years ago. Come on. Yep. It's uh, it's entirely possible, but uh, there's some day games going on right now, and uh, excitement builds. In fact, the 2014 schedule came out, uh, I believe it was yesterday, uh, for Major League Baseball, and I'm already penciling in a couple of games in May when uh, the Angels come to Philadelphia. Oh, because some kid named Mike Trout from Millville is coming back home. That's all. Are you going to go with your pool holes jersey on? Why would I have a pool hole? No. <laughs> you doofus. By the way, Kansas City hasn't made the playoffs since 1985. There you go. 
<laughs> Since George bred in his hemorrhoids. Well, there you go. Well, <laughs> are you going to buy George <laughs> George Brett's hemorrhoids on the auction block? Preparation Triple H. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Not in the least. But uh, So that's a look at things in uh, the baseball. Oh, by the way, you sent me... Uh, I mentioned this to the folks. You sent me on Facebook this uh, unique picture, picture of a former great player who was... Uh, using PDs. Sammy Sosa. What the heck happened to Sammy Sosa? I, I got no I I honestly thought it was like Verhees at first and then I opened it up and it was Sammy Sosa. Like <laughs> and uh it's a reference from way gone back, you know? It's, it, it's I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, Lark Voorhees? Good lord. It's kinda like he uh I don't know, man. Sat in a bathtub for too long, man, and lost the pigmentation in his skin. I, I don't know. It's like the Michael Jackson effect is what it is. It, 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 it honestly looks like that. If you haven't seen it, check out. Just Google Sammy Sosa recent picture or something, and he is as white as a ghost. It's 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 scary looking. It It, it is. It absolutely is. It's uh, it's most unique. Yeah, he, he, he kind of looks like, um, you know, uh, like powder. You know, you know, from that movie, Sean Patrick Flannery, Powder, man. That, that, there that you go. Like yeah. With hair. <laughs> it's, it's nothing. Oh, my goodness. You have to see it, and then you'll feel better about yourself. So there you go. Yeah. Well, let's stick uh, with the baseball trend. We were talking about Derek Jeter on uh, Monday's show, Jim. So let's bring this up now. The Yankees acquiring shortstop Brendan Ryan from the Seattle Maris for a player to be named later. And, you know, this is Brendan Ryan. He's not a good hitter, but he's a very, very good defensive shortstop. Does this give you a little hint of what the Yankees are going to be going with in the future or what? Could be. Uh, I think it's also a message that they want Sheeter to rest. They want him to get better for next year, which could ultimately be his final year. Because uh, I believe he has an $8 million option for 2014. Yeah. Uh, they, If they want to make a... I, I think this is also a way of management saying, Derek... We love you. You're our franchise. You build our new stadium, so on and so forth. But you're not helping our cause right now. You're yeah. hurting us. You are hurting our chances of being in the playoffs. And right now, that's all that matters. Playoffs. Mm. They get a better. Honestly, right now, if you're going to give, be given the choice between a meh bat and a good fielder, and Derek Jeter, who could hobble off the field at any given moment, you take the meh bat and the good fielder any day of the week. And that's the move they're making. They're making this move to try to get that second wild card spot. And it could be something that they look towards uh, to uh, look at towards the future. I'm not saying Brendan Ryan's going to be the heir apparent. I'm not saying that at all. This is a rental, for lack of better terms. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but it's a move they needed to make. It's a move they had to make. And I commend them for the move. It's uh, We'll see how it pans out there in the Bronx. We shall see what happens. Um, staying with the Yankees, uh, President Randy Levine saying yesterday that uh, the team would, of course, love to re-sign second baseman Robinson Cano, but they're not going to go overboard. And if they can't do it, they won't do it. They know something. Either they know something or I don't know. But this is a team, by the way, a uh, fun fact, that are pay- they're paying a record luxury tax this year, something like $29 million dollars. Which, again, is a drop in the bucket for them, but come on, you get the idea. I mean, if you look at the Yankees' stat sheet right now, right, Robinson Cano is first in average home run, RBIs, hits, total bases, on-base percentage, OPS, and OR, second in runs on the team. So if they don't re-sign them, they, they lose their offense their stats. pretty much. They, they, they lose their offense. But remember... No person is bigger than the Yankees, except George Steinbrenner, but he's dead. Yeah, well. Uh, you know, there's there's something to this, and there's something we don't know. That's got to be the reasoning behind this, because he is he is their 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 best player right now, no doubt about it. Their best position player, uh, offensively and defensively, one would argue as well. Uh, there's something we don't know, and it could be. I mean, he's been rumored to to be using PEDs. And after everything that's going on with Alex Rodriguez, the Yankees can't afford another instance like this. 
uh, or like uh, Rodriguez as that is, I don't know. I'd like to see some more light being shed on the reasons why these reports are coming out as such. Uh, very interesting stuff, though. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting that they came out with it right now. Um, you, you know, he, he goes on to say, and I quote, hopefully he's a Yankee. Nobody is a re-sign at all costs, but we want him back, and we feel good about negotiating something with him, but nobody is a re-sign at any cost. Nobody is? So, so Derek Jeter is not a re-sign at all costs? That's what they're saying, then. Yeah. That's what they're saying. That's exactly. Even though he is the franchise, and even though he will never play with another team, as far as I'm concerned. It's either they're laying the treads to shock people, or they're laying the treads to start to rebuild and finally get some youth into this team. Uh, I mean, that's, that's they, the only thing I can think of. About, so. And they need desperately to get younger. But, I mean, th- this is a team that for the better part of the last mm, decade, let's say, they've been managing themselves like they are a fantasy baseball team. Let's put in all these great players everybody knows about, marketability. They're all great in their individual teams, but when they come together, eh, tempers flare and production goes down. Yeah. So. Well, we shall see what happens with the New York Yankees. Before we go, a little over four minutes left in the show, we have to send out a congratulations to the U.S. soccer team for clinching a berth in the World Cup. Jim. Yes. Can the United States actually advance in a World Cup? Now, when you say advance, what do you mean? Get out of their group. Well, it depends on what their group is. We can't answer that question yet. Um... It, it's, uh, it's it's going to be something... Go, go ahead. Just tell, tell Go ahead and just say what you said before the show. Jeez, you want to just lay it out on the table. You're trying to sugarcoat it. Just say it. No, I'm not sugarcoating. I, 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 you know, and I honestly believe it, and it's been like that for for so many years, and it's that, you know, there are, you know, two dozen teams that are so much better than the United States, and it's it's always proven to be that in the World Cup. They got some fine players, no question about it, but if the U.S. was playing... um let's say, Germany, Italy, the Netherlands, and some other teams out in Europe to qualify for the World Cup, they wouldn't be in the World Cup. I don't know about the Netherlands, but the other... Netherlands has a very, very strong team for the last two World Cups. And they've got some hot soccer fans, from what I remember, from last World Cup. Most European countries do. Well, yes, they do, because they aren't afraid to get naked. Um, Seriously, though, you cannot deny that American soccer, American football, if you will, has gotten markedly better in the last 20 to 25 years. It's it's gotten better. I, I wouldn't say it's getting better by the droves, but it has gotten better. What would be perfect for American soccer and to make it just a monster brand is for the U.S. to win the World Cup. That's when it's going to really hit home that, wow. But, but you know what? Even if we did win the World Cup, I don't think that would happen. I really don't think that would happen. I mean, this is a... If they win the World Cup, it would be up to the media of this country to really push it onto people that the U.S. did something they've and, never and to done. Be fair, and to be fair, in the last, I'd say, decade, mm-hmm. the media has given soccer more attention than uh, they had in the previous mm, X number of decades before. You know, that's that's You know, that's only because of the MLS being here, but it's only they give them... The publicity when somebody like David Beckham comes over here and plays for L.A. Oh, no doubt. David Beckham had had a great deal. But when you got a great game between two MLS teams with really some nobodies on it, you don't hear about it. Yeah, it's kind of pushed to the back burner, just like, uh, you know, after the Women's World Cup situation, the women's, uh, the the WUSA started up, and it pretty much folded just as quickly. Yeah. So, parallel there with the women's game. Even though, quite frankly, in this country, the women's game is probably more lauded and and applauded than the men's game. Rightly or wrongly so. I I just... Listen... You don't like soccer, just say it. No, I'm a huge soccer fan, man. I'm I'm a huge soccer fan. I follow it all the time. I watch the World Cup. I watch the Euro Cup. And, you know, I I follow, you know, the team I like the most, but... You know, it's it's nice for them. Congratulations. I would love to see them advance. I'd love to see them go far. I'd love to see them win the World Cup. I just don't think it's feasible for the United States. It's just but, my, By the way, you mentioned the MLS very quickly because I know we only have a few seconds left. What the heck is with the MLS having like 85 teams in the New York market now? Who the hell knows? I mean, you got the, you got the uh, you know, Red Bull. You've got the, the Cosmos coming back. You've got the... Well, the Cosmos is... 
the Cubs, the Metro Stars even playing? I don't even know. The Cubs uh, has been back for many years. They're just, uh, you know, sitting around, you know, playing. Then, then you've got this other team that's joining up. Uh, you know, I think the uh, uh, Yankees are getting behind the team. I don't know what they're doing, but. Eh, well, the Yankees get behind anything that has money. There you go. Before we leave, got a few seconds left. Let's uh, talk about tomorrow's show. New England Sports Radio 247 with John Leary and Scott Blooney was pre recorded. Will be on tomorrow night, 7 p.m., before the Patriots and Jets game. So stay tuned for that. Also, on Friday, Jim and I will be back 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Jim, good luck tonight. Well, thank you. And good luck to all of you. <laughs> what? Exactly. All right. Well, that's it for uh, 24-7 Sports Hub Radio today. I'm Jonathan Raggis. We'll see you all tomorrow for New England Sports Radio 247. Good day. Good sports. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.